0: Welcome to another episode of the Always Hope Podcast, a production of Willwood's Faith in Marriage. I'm your host, Dr. Mario, and happy to share this episode with you today. Art has a significant role in the spiritual life. The ability to enter into the creative process, regardless of the medium, is an invitation by God to share in his creative energies. We need to stop neglecting our inner artist and see how God uses art to communicate his love to the world. Joining me today is singer and songwriter, Greg Boudreaux. He is half of the musical duo Greg and Lizzie and a member of the new musical venture, The Vigil Project. In this show, we talk about the role art plays in the spiritual life and evangelization, the importance of not looking at celebrity as the full measure of artistic success, his perspectives on writing songs with his wife, and the happenings and mission of The Vigil Project. At the end of the show, I have some bonus content for you. With gratitude to Greg, he has given me permission to include one of Greg and Lizzie's songs at the end of this episode. In this show, we briefly discussed the song Layla from their album Now That I Have Love, and I thought it would be fitting to have it easily accessible to my listeners. So it's there waiting for you at the end of the podcast. I hope you enjoy it. And now let's get into the show.
1: Greg Boudreaux, how are you doing? I'm great. I'm uh, excited to be here and uh, experience for the first time Will Wood's office and all that kind of stuff. There's a lot of good to offer
0: here, yeah, isn't there? Absolutely. You're in a
1: Saints jersey, so I'm in a good mood. So. Yeah, we are in a good, I guess. In
0: the podcast, people can't see, but uh, but I am wearing a Saints jersey today, so <laughs> because the Saints are playing this evening, and hopefully they will win. Um, all right. As I thought about this episode and the conversation that, that we can have on air, which I think will bless people, I really kind of want to start with a conversation about art mm-hmm. and the role of art in the spiritual life. As I've reflected on the topic personally, um, as I've read JP2's letter to artists um, and other statements as well, as I come to understand it, I think art has kind of twofold two roles in the spiritual life. Mm-hmm. One is uh, at the end of the receiver the consumer of the media to bless them, right? Which I've been the recipient of that many times mm-hmm. in my life, listening to good Likewise. music, <laughs> listening to, to reading good books or watching good movies. Mm-hmm. Right. And been blessed by 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 good art, both secular mm-hmm. and religious. But then and this is where I want to start a conversation is the second piece is that art is a blessing to the artist himself. Mm-hmm. How has art blessed you? Uh, oh, as man. an artist starting
1: with great reverence with great <laughs> let reverence. me just unzip my chest <laughs> and show you my heart let me just do that for you um how has art been a blessing to me i mean it's it's it, i would we have we don't have time for for the full answer to this question well with that but, great um, reverence,
0: with whatever you feel sure, you want no, to share thank you certainly
1: i think one thing to look at immediately is the, is in a sense the longevity with which has been a blessing to me you know i, I remember Um. It just sounds crazy, but I remember as like a, a three-year-old, a four-year-old, a five-year-old experiencing music, and it was actually in the context of the church. Wow! Um, and just being like, "This is this is it! Like this is mesmerizing. This is doing something. This is changing me. This is uh, this is enlightening me. This is showing me something I didn't know before." You know? Yeah. Um, and so, in that sense, one of the things I had to say is like, "It's it's been that way my whole life, and yeah. I've recognized how God's blessed me with." Uh, with art, with beauty, like through my whole experience of life. Um, and then turning into, you know, this vocation of artist uh, and actually being the artist, how does it bless me? Um, it's uh, it's interesting. And John Paul II talks about this in uh, in that letter to artists you mentioned before, how how the artist gets this opportunity to be a co-crafter with God. Like we get to, in a sense, taste the nature of God's creativity, you know? And so, you know, when an artist, for when a painter looks at, you know, we're looking out the window of, of your office right now, and we have the the beautiful uh, New Orleans skyline behind us. When a painter looks at this, you know, I don't just see a skyline and keep going about my day. I have to actually notice, like, w- what are the details that I'm seeing? What is, the, you know, how's the light hitting that building? And where's, the, where are the shadows in this, in this picture? And so, like God, you know, and, and of course, more dissimilar than similar, but but in a way that that we taste as nature, like we're noticing all the details, we're seeing again, we're seeing in a new way. Um, And so for me, I know that's been a big part of being an artist, of being a musician, is to to look at the mysteries of faith, to look at the mysteries of life experience, and not just to pass them up real quick, but to actually see like, man, to see a a deeper detail there um, as we write songs especially, so.
0: The imitation then is there for an artist to, to look at life through, through their own creative lens and being able to then kind of sit with that and, and use their medium to, to express that. And mm-hmm. in that process, what you're saying is an imitation by God then to see that New Orleans skyline as he sees it in exactly. some way. Great. Right? Great.
1: Exactly. Great. Right? Exactly.
0: But you know, that's a wonderful, awesome observation in being able to... to man, like say, God has given me a gift to enter into his creative energies. But I have found, and if I can say in my own life, anytime that I've tried art, whether it's poem or or mm-hmm. writing or or songs or anything, almost immediately, it's like self-doubt and insecurity mm-hmm. emerges. Mm-hmm. How do we push through that to be able then to see and enter into the creative process that God is inviting mm-hmm. us to?
1: Yeah, that's a great question. So I, I firmly believe, just to preface this, I, I really believe that, like the world is full of artists. And, and I, I mean, I, I had to stop myself short of saying every single person on this planet no, is, is an artist. No, I think it is, I think, well, let me um, say this, because JP two uh-huh.
0: says this in his letter, he says actually everybody is an artist. Everyone has it yes. In the uh-huh. sense that everybody is called to make a masterpiece of yes, their life. Yes, right, absolutely. So not everybody is called to be a musician, exactly, right? Or uh-huh. a painter explicitly, or mm-hmm. a sculptor or whatever, or a writer, but everybody has to kind of take the stuff of their life make sense of it and be able to give it back to God in a certain Uh way. So, so I'm with you, you know, with what you're saying.
1: Absolutely. And so, so I think one of the parts of that is, is, you know, if we're going to move past the insecurity, past the fear, past the self doubt, past the, you know, all those things that happen to us when we try to do something creatively, which are all there there, you know, we could just, just pick your poison, you know, an instant discouragement. You're going to instantly kill whatever, whatever big idea you've been given, you know, um, but I think right there is actually the difference is, is when we recognize, you know, the, the art we're creating, isn't something that we are initiating, when it's not something that we inspired ourselves with, mm. um, then we actually value it a little bit more. When I recognize, for example, that, you know, the song I'm working on is, it's not just like, it's not just this great idea I had and this intellectual exercise is actually something God gave me to explore and to, and to discover um, that posture changes everything because then I actually value it because God values it. I can see that. And so, you know, not in a, like who cares kind of way, but like in a, in a caring about the thing that matters kind of way, the, the call is just to express what God's given. It's not to like, it's not to, (laughs) it's not to worry about all the other exteriors that would make me uncomfortable with it or self-doubt or all that kind of stuff does that does that make sense beautiful oh
0: absolutely you're shifting the perspective and saying Mm -hmm. that
1: it's not just me who sees this this way
0: or not the song isn't Mm -hmm. just being inspired by me but god is working the holy spirit's working through me and Mm -hmm. then the inspiration comes through him and when i stop short of expressing that then um out of my own insecurity and, and not to be harsh but in some ways it's it's I fall, am I devaluing what God wants? Am I, am I devaluing what, mm-hmm. what he has, what he has put on my heart? Um, and again, not to be in judgment about that, but mm-hmm. just changing the perspective to say, right. it's not just uh-huh. about you, but saying that exactly. God has given this to you in yeah. honor. Uh-huh. And What do you do with it? Is exactly. That right?
1: Exactly. And I, and I really think that's like for any level of artist, you know, for, for, you know, I make a living being an artist, but not everyone does. And that doesn't mean they're not an artist. So like, you know, Molly, my my almost two year old, like she draws pictures at the table. Like she's entering into the artistic calling. And if she sits there in like that little bitty artistic endeavor and is like, this is this sucks, like I'm not doing it. like yeah. like that would be sad to to lose that that inspiration. Cause even there, you know, at all levels, you know, when we walk into the into church, into into mass and we, you know, we hold back from actually entering into the singing, like that's us holding back from, in a sense, an artistic endeavor and a worshipful endeavor too. Um, and why? Because a lot of times we're insecure about our voice being heard, you know. Um, but no, I think we need to flip that perspective to to recognize this is this is something God's giving. This is something He's doing, and we're responding. You know that that posture. It's it's a posture we talk a lot about in the, the life of prayer and and art. I think is is kind of an extension of that life at, at the end of the day. So. Absolutely. If I can take it one step further,
0: though, go you go, Because <laughs> I do think that there's a place where insecurity is there, but I also think that, and I don't know if maybe it's just another manifestation of insecurity, mm-hmm. vulnerability, and really, I think what we are most afraid of, and I've, I've read this in the, that poem, "Our Greatest Fear," and it really resonated with that, is that what we are most afraid of actually is our goodness, in in mm-hmm. actually believing that we have goodness and then showing that to the world mm-hmm. is. An incredibly vulnerable process, mm-hmm. and the artist then to stand before others to say, "Here, I've thought this is what God is. I've assimilated this in my own taste, and my own preference, in my own personality, and I'm putting this back out for the world. I think it's good, but I'm putting this back out for the world to consume." Mm-hmm. I mean, that's pretty vulnerable.
1: Yes, absolutely, and it wouldn't be worth really much if it wasn't, you know. And that's where uh, that's where, yeah, it, it takes a human to create a painting. It takes a human to. to to write a song. It takes a human to to perform a dance or a or a play or something like that. You know, so if you're gonna do it, like you're going to be it's like the purpose is to be seen in a sense of art. It's to be seen. And and Aquinas would, you know, with his sort of simple definition of art would say as much that, you know, or or of beauty, you know, beauty is that which pleases when it's seen or sensed. Um, well, if you are the medium, like you're gonna be seen, you know, you're gonna be the one conveying it. And so um. Yeah. Certainly. A fear of. Uh, you know. A fear of of your your. How did you say that? A fear of of the goodness within you. Um. Yeah. And of that being undisplayed. Um. Because sometimes the goodness doesn't look good. Like you know. Like like not every every song we write is about happy things and happy times and right the rainbow we just saw out the window right before we started this like not every song looks good or feels good you know and uh you know lizzie and i experienced that several years ago we we wrote an album and part of that album you know it was it was about kind of some of the trials of of love and marriage and, and one of the songs we put kind of right in the middle of the record was called lies it's not a fun song to sing i can tell you that and we as we sing is. this this song that's really about the struggle of 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 lies and conflict between man and woman and husband and wife and all the things that kind of come in man that's that's not like a like we still feel uncomfortable in a way, being in front of people and sharing that song um and that's I think a lot of the fear is is like the goodness doesn't always look or feel good it's but it's part of a bigger story, and I think it comes back to what you're talking about that you know all of this is intended for our, our life to be the work of art, you know, and so there's moments in a life, and those moments they don't all look the same so. right
0: in in and then art should then reflect that as as a journey right right? Uh As i'm growing in my own spiritual life as i'm growing in my own endeavors and understanding of the world understanding of relationships Uh my my music for the musician or art will reflect that change and will Uh help them all right well then so the second part then of as i understand it is one is for the person but then for the consumer right Uh so what role then does art have in
1: evangelization Mm. well i think that that would be a a good question for anyone who's ever (laughs) <laughs> Participated in the faith. um I think it's really it's it's actually really interesting to me. It always has been that that aesthetics and and art and song and and incense and sacramentals, like all these 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 sort of physical things, have always been a part of our right. Have always been a part of our our faith from the very inception and even before it. In you know taking its roots from uh you know from from Israel and and from Judaism and uh. It's always been there. It's always been a part. So what does it mean? You know, like even you know, it's always interesting to me too that like we could shorten mass on Sunday by like twenty minutes and get to the football game quicker if we just didn't sing the songs. Like right. I mean, on a practical level, why are we still singing songs and mass? Like it must play an important role. It must play a role that, you know, that the church considers important. And so uh I think it does come back to that sacramental idea that we as as people, we as a, as a faith, we believe that, you know, we believe in, in living a sacramental life. And so, you know, what's a sacrament, right? A, a, a capital S sacrament. It's the the, the, the visible sign of the invisible reality or conveyance of, of God's grace. And, uh, and so that's kind of like, you know, th- we have the seven sacraments, but then in life, like we experience from a, a faith perspective, we experience life in a sacramental way. Yeah, like, sure. you know, I'm, I'm sitting here with this mug of water not coffee you know one sacrament's greater than the other still but but anyway uh (laughs) but but even here like i'm experiencing something that's a visible sign of sustenance so to speak and so art in a sense elevates our senses it's a sacramental not a not one of the seven sacraments it's a sacramental it's a sign of the invisible reality of god at the end of the day you know a song of praise um you know that's that's a that turns our attention towards God, that, that tells us more about who he is, that helps us experience more of who he is. And that's, I mean, that's the, that's the whole goal of, of all the things, of all of life's experiences, is that God would have us know him more, you know?
0: Absolutely. And beautiful, what you're saying is that if, if we can recalibrate people to see then that art is that, that art is a way of experiencing and expressing God, then art shouldn't be in conflict with our relationship with God. Absolutely. And I think so mm. often people feel that. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm as a parent and we'll talk often with other parents about what movies we should let our kids right. watch or what books and and that has to be the case. Obviously there needs to yeah. be some filtering. But but truth can still be communicated even in a secular media. Yes. If we can see it that way mm-hmm. and if we have the right filters on to be able to distinguish, you know, what the artist is communicating, the message that the artist is communicating mm-hmm. or not. But that art still then has that lowercase s sacramental element mm-hmm. to help us understand and experience god um, how again just what what do we need to do to 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 help not just the consumers and media but artists themselves to understand that to understand that power and that reality I mean mm-hmm. I'm talking to you, you're a religious mm-hmm. man, you're a faith man um, but do you think even artists who 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 don't come from it from this perspective understand
1: mm-hmm. that? Yeah, and that's another great question. And, and so this is, the answer I think is very different for the consumer versus the artist in this case. Right. So how, a lot of the challenge right now for artists, I think, in our, in our culture, and I'm, I'm not just talking about artists who are Catholic artists. Like, this is just secular across the spectrum, artists in general. One of the, one of the problems or the struggles that I think we're up against as sort of this community is this concept of celebrity. Mm. Uh, this concept that the value of 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 the work I'm doing is is assessed or judged or, or measured by the degree of celebrity that I've achieved or the YouTube views that I've gotten or the, you know, the, the sales of the value of my painting or how many people are showing up at the concert or, or whatever. Um and so celebrity has kind of become, you know, in in, in a noun sense, it's kind of become the measure of artistic success and what is that that's 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 an egocentrism which by nature is opposed to what art is like <laughs> yes. art is this is this outward expression it's a gift you know it's a, it's a gift of self and 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 this idea of celebrity wants to sort of take that self that self-expression that self gift and turn it back in on itself and like give it back to the artist you know um if that makes sense and so it's it's a really kind of sense kind of flips it on its head and so instead of becoming this thing that's a gift for others becomes something that's for me like it's an egocentric kind of thing that's not to say we shouldn't have satisfaction or pride in our work of course we should but that pride should come from seeing the process through and making uh, the best gift of ourselves we can not from the number of views on youtube or the sale of our work or, or whatever so i think for artists right now that's a hard cycle to break. That's a hard culture to to penetrate, if that makes sense. But that's the one that I think we need to that we need to communicate to people is look, um, you know, like the value of your art isn't isn't based on the celebrity. The value of your art is based on the degree to which you said yes to the call to do it. Amen. Um, and in that sense, like it'll do what it's supposed to do. Um, and it'll have the, it'll bear the fruit. I don't even want to use the word success. It'll, it'll bear the fruit it's supposed to bear, you know.
0: I hope that you're enjoying this conversation with Greg Boudreau. Don't forget to subscribe to the Always Hope Podcast on iTunes, Google Play, or Stitcher. And leave some feedback too. It helps others know more about the good work we're doing with this show. The challenge, then, therefore, for all of us who have something good to offer, is to resist that. And I think that's why pride is the the most capital of vices yeah. mm-hmm. because it's the hardest. It, like humility isn't being a doormat. Humility isn't right letting people walk all over me. But but we can also have pride on the other end of that where I say, "Oh, I'm I'm the best" or whatever it yeah. is. Um, so finding that healthy balance of I have something good to offer and not getting sucked up by sucked up by celebrity, as
1: you mm-hmm. said is really the challenge that's there for for the artist, mm-hmm. particularly one that's good. Is that right? Absolutely, yeah. Mm-hmm. It's a remembering kind of the basic, like the, the basic, some of the fundamentals of what it means to be human. This isn't just a struggle in the artistic community, obviously, this is based in the, like you're saying, in pride, and a forgetting that like the way that we're truly gonna be fully human, the way we're gonna be most fulfilled, the way we're gonna be fully alive is is through self-gift, not through selfishness not through self-centeredness though
0: right but as a professional artist now there is a reality right oh there's there's a lot of realities Mario <laughs> <laughs> and, and one of those realities is you got to get paid <laughs> yeah absolutely when mm-hmm. you decided to be a professional artist to do this mm-hmm. professionally just what made you come to that conclusion and then what made you what gave you the encouragement to say that we can actually
1: do this and, mm-hmm. and make a living while doing it uh maybe I'm still figuring it out. <laughs> <laughs> if I'm being honest no i i think like it's it's it comes back to certainty in the call again like it, it's it's kind of simple um there is an absolute certainty in the call and it's and that's not something that i've obviously discerned in a vacuum that's something lizzie and i you know is, are, are called to marriage and family clearly a first a first call you know a first vocation for us and so you know all the things that go into that, providing for our family and, and, you know, putting the time into our family and all that kind of stuff, like those are still like the the most important things. And so, um, so this discernment to to full-time artistry or professional artistry or whatever you want to call it, paid artistry, <laughs> um, those things are part of that discernment. And so when I say certainty of the call, like those things are definitely part of it. Um, and And this is where I think there's a difference between you know the perspective of looking out and looking for approval and a in and praise from a an egocentric kind of perspective. Um, there's a difference between that and an, also just like an honest, objective look at like, okay, is this something that's actually bearing fruit in the world? Is this something that's that's actually resonating? Um, and so that that was a big part of it too, was to see that you know, uh, we felt like um, God God's showing us that, and He showed us that. You know, this is, you can see enough of the fruit that's being born. And there's a lot of things that I'm sure we don't see. Um, you can see the way that I'm providing for this. And, and so take that leap. And it definitely was awesome. <laughs> It continues to be. So
0: I think that's one of the great gifts of the internet and in today's age and mm-hmm. technology that everybody has access to a recording studio. Mm-hmm. And it's not like before where you had to get the label by the big time right. studio mm-hmm. for your music to find an audience for you to be successful doing it. Mm-hmm. Those days are still here, certainly, but there are ways that artists can be successful financially even without going through those routes. Mm. Um, and I think that's just one of one of the gifts that 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 we see absolutely. in this modern day and age. Mm. You know, we talk so much about all the bad stuff the internet does, but it yeah. has offered uh-huh. a lot of good and new avenues yeah. for for uh-huh. young
1: artists such as yourself. Yep. Yep, absolutely. I, I kinda feel like the internet is it's the same feeling I get when I'm in the French Quarter, honestly. Like when I'm standing in front of the cathedral down there, St. Louis Cathedral, and like there's, you know, you're in liturgy and you walk out instantly, you're confronted by all the seances and palm readers. And you, you know, which is a
0: fact for people who don't know that. It's actually quite <laughs> right. jarring no, for most true. people. You uh, come to
1: New Orleans the first time, you go to the beautiful cathedral, and then right outside yeah. are the palm readers and the tarot cards yeah. and all that stuff. Yeah, it's all right and there. And then, you know, two blocks later is Bourbon Street and everything there. And I feel like when I walk in the French Quarter, it's like, it's this collect it's like this microcosm of the the most beautiful things and the most terrible things, like all right there. It's like this microcosm of the world and this microcosm of the internet. Like there's it's all just kind of like it's all right there. mixed up. Yeah. So um and so that's why I think we can't you can't just write it off, you know. Um there's and and, and this isn't just in the spiritual realm, this is a really important aspect of the arts. Is I think we limit ourselves a lot. I think there's a lot of people who are, you know, who are Catholic that limit themselves to just something that has like the Catholic label, so to speak. But the reality is there's so much good uh, in the secular realm of art and of artistry and, and you know, on the internet and all this kind of stuff. We could, we could spend the rest of this podcast talking about the bads, too. I'm not denying no, that. No, of course, we can't deny that. But what are some guidelines then, just briefly?
0: But like, uh-huh. what, what are guidelines that you use and that you can recommend to others if they're watching a movie or listening to a song mm-hmm. that can help them filter through the the good and the bad that's there. Yes.
1: Well the first thing I have to admit is we, we don't have the we
0: don't have the internet. So
1: <laughs> it's one of our little earthy, crunchy things right now. We're also saving money. So you guys don't have Wi Fi
0: at the house? Is that what you're saying? We
1: don't. Wow. Yeah, so so I, I drink a lot of coffee. It's, well, it's that's works great. Well. I hope it's good coffee. <laughs> <laughs> it's PJs, so it's debatable. But so guidelines. Yeah, I, I think um well you have to know yourself. I think that's that's like probably number one. Is you really you have to know yourself. Like if you're gonna if you're gonna dive into Uh, to a movie, uh, you know, that you're aware of what kind of content's in it, an R-rated movie or something like that. You have to, you have to know yourself and to know what you're getting into, um, to know, is this a good situation for you? Even if it is a good, you know, if there's a good message or a good theme here, a lot to be drawn here. So there is a subjective element for sure that I think is probably the most important one, which is knowing yourself. Um, of course there's also some objective guidelines but i feel like you're you're actually probably the the expert in those areas that's no, okay
0: <laughs> so i'm asking your perspective on- <laughs> yeah well
1: my perspective is kind of like the floaty art art artist one like yeah man just do it it's the right thing for you <laughs> it's really relativistic no but but honestly um so so one of my favorite movies is this movie called children of men. And it's, it's, a great R rated movie. It's like terribly violent. It's riddled with, you know, every, every word you never want to hear your child say like in public and like, it's, it's, you know, like it's got all the, it's got all the gross and the grit. But in, in this case, I really feel like the reason that movie was good was because of that in some way, you know, um, could you make a cleaner movie? Sure. But like, But the whole, I don't want to spoil the movie, the whole movement of this movie was towards a good. It was towards something that's life-giving and sort of the meaning of life and those kind of themes. Um, But obviously, that's not a movie I should watch if if I know this is going to really disturb me or if I know this is going to make me tend towards certain behaviors or, or stuff like that. So, yeah. You're the again, you're the expert. No, you so got you, it. You got you, it, Greg. You tell like, me, man. I, I'm I'm in agreement. I'm in Mario, agreement. What should, <laughs> should my guidelines be? I have a two-year-old. <laughs> tell me.
0: Don't watch r <laughs> a movie with your two year old. There's there's one cutoff that we can put on the table. <laughs> no, but we have to find the balance in in in, in everything. Mm-hmm. In whether it's violence, whether it's language, yeah, whether um, it's crassness, whether it's um, sexual explicitness, obviously there's a line within all mm-hmm. of those. But within yourself, like what is too much? And the only person who could really answer that is yourself. Mm-hmm. But let's bring this back to, to your journey. Um, your music with Lizzie. the first few albums you guys focused on your relationship. I, when I first listened to the albums, I, I just thought that that perspective was so unique in mm-hmm. um, that other artists have tried to maybe sing like one song, a love song or two that's kind of together. But you guys had the first couple albums, first three albums, I think, or, or so really kind of gave... Various perspectives, moments, right? Of a marriage, of a life mm-hmm. together. Mm-hmm. Like what inspired you to say, this is the perspective that, that God wants us to
1: sing on? Mm-hmm. I think the biggest thing is, is just the knowledge and the, the reality that the, like the, the what makes an artistic work beautiful or, or valuable in my opinion, in our opinion is that it's, it's honest. Like that's one of the, the biggest elements of course there's there's also you know constitutive elements as well that make something objectively beautiful but but from an internal perspective like it's got to be honest you know and so um so honestly that's that's where we were in life we were we had dated for a really long time we were entering into marriage we were learning a lot about what changes and you know what how how things are different now and how things are, are beautiful and um, and how things are messy, and how things are redeemed, you know. And you have all these little kind of tiny, micro life, death, and resurrection moments, you know, in every week, every day of of marriage, of a journey with another person, and that. And so, so I think that's what inspired us. And and we weren't when we started it, we weren't even trying to write an album, honestly. We we got married. Um, I had I had been a professional musician for some time, and actually we had decided like, okay, that's probably like a closed chapter and I need to, you know, wow. get, a, get a real job as they say. So, um, so that was kind of the way we were going. And, and um, and then we started just writing these songs together. It was just like, end of the day, we're at home, we're hanging out. And this was one of the ways we started just communicating is like, and started processing the experience of marriage. And so, um, so it really did those, those, uh, those first two albums and several of the, the singles kind of came out of that just time of like, let's just, process this and let's write a song together <laughs> how was that together how was how was doing that together and, and processing your
0: life uh-huh. and these tense moments and joyful moments together and then getting into the nitty-gritty of like lyrics and yeah. and matching the song with the lyrics i mean just how how was that for the two of you in mm-hmm. your relationship
1: not always easy not always comfortable and that was part of the point i think is it is uh, it was kind of entering into a lot of the spaces that Yeah. That I think we needed, we needed a medium. We needed a focus together, you know, that we could kind of focus on. And so in that way, it definitely, um, it allowed like a a really deep growth in, in intimacy for the two of us that just in communication and dialogue and knowing each other, you know, um, because we had kind of this medium or this space for that to happen. Um, and so, yeah, challenging for sure. We have vastly different approaches. We, we actually say that, you know, I'm a, constructive writer and lizzie's a destructive writer what does that mean (laughs) it means that i have lots of ideas and just kind of throw paint at the wall and lizzie's like all right this is all terrible so just just start over um and that's great actually i'm not that's not an insult at all like that's that's great and we actually work really well that now that we've you know we've we understand it now and i've I've gotten past all of my. Someone's got to
0: keep your feet on the ground is what you're <laughs> yes, saying. Absolutely. <laughs> Not every crazy idea is a good one. Exactly. <laughs> you exactly. need some perspective. Lizzie,
1: Lizzie has the, uh, she's got the glasses to see it. Wonderful. So, yeah.
0: What, beautiful, what you just said is key for any relationship early on is finding the ways that you guys communicate. Mm-hmm. And every marriage is unique and unrepeatable because the two people in every marriage are unique and unrepeatable. So mm-hmm. the particular manifestation of that relationship is going to to, to take a a lens, a mode that that's unique for that relationship, and for you guys, the invitation by God was to to write songs, mm-hmm. and, and then being able to share that music with others. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I've told you this, you know, before. I've been very blessed by your music. Many of your songs have touched me, and I go back to prayer over and over again. And and one that I want to highlight right now, and we've spoken about this before, is is a song Layla. Um, where mm-hmm. that song is, it, it's the lens. If I've heard it right, is about a couple who maybe had uh, a miscarriage or, or struggles with infertility. Yeah. And then, but they're on the other side of that. Now they're singing, they're holding their little child and the the blessing of the perspective of the difference between the, the, the child uh, that they longed for and now having that, that, dis, that yeah. desire fulfilled in, in, in the life of the child before them. Now for, for us personally, um, by God's grace or whatever, we haven't had miscarriages or we haven't had infertility mm-hmm. issues. Um, but I certainly have had moments in my life where I've been begging those days to move along as you guys say in the song, right? uh. I have had moments in my life where I've been, man, this stinks right now where we're in and I'm ready to get on the other side of it. And then I've been on the other side of it, being able to look back with perspective and to say, well, God still led me through it. Mm -hmm. Um, I I just think that's, that's, Mm -hmm. that's a great perspective. And that's the gift of what we're talking about in terms of art, being able to say that it, the intentions are more than maybe even what the artist thinks about. Mm-hmm. Um, and that the ways that they're going to, they're going to bless the consumer are going to be ways that the, the are ways that even the artist hasn't intended. Right. Mm-hmm. Am, I, am I
1: hearing all of that right? Absolutely. Absolutely. And that's definitely been the case for us. And one of the, actually, one of the interesting things about Layla to us is that that's a song that very few people have heard or latched onto or anything. And so for us, it it's like, it feels like a baby. Like it feels like this small kind of hidden <laughs> quiet baby, like infant, you know? Um, I don't know if that makes sense, but, but it, even as a song, it feels like this sort of hidden quiet thing, you know? It's interesting. So, what well, can I ask? Why? Uh, what do
0: you think? that people not not I mean, that song, like, uh-huh. I mean, I love all, but that song, uh-huh. I was like, well, maybe my tastes are just different. I guess me, I'm alone I,
1: I think it actually is in that perspective. It's like the, the ones the, the people who are supposed to, have it like they probably do have it, you know, and it's kind of the same thing with like with you know your baby. You probably wouldn't let me hold your baby, you know, because yeah, you know, I'm ir- irresponsible. I mean, <laughs> we have we have four, so you know, by time you get down
0: the line, it's like somebody take on Yeah, you know? no. like. um,
1: But I think that's kind of the story with Layla. Is it's it's sort of this sort of hidden song that you know probably the people who are supposed to have it have it. And, and well, let me encourage uh, all the listeners right now. <laughs>
0: If you have gone through a moment in your life and you're on the other side of that mm-hmm. of that valley, go on iTunes, listen to the song, it will bless your day, I promise you. Mm. All right, so I, I made that plug for you right there. All right, you guys are in the midst of kind of a, a career transition, if I may say, right? Mm-hmm. Maybe that's too strong of a word, but it seems like there's you're opening a new venture. Right? Yeah. You're going from mm-hmm. songs that are just about your relationship and, and family life and marriage mm-hmm. and, and the theology of the body and spirituality kind of infused within a, a marital kind of a reality to so then shifting to the Vigil Project. Mm-hmm. Tell me about the Vigil Project. What, mm-hmm. what are your hopes for it?
1: Yes. So again, this is kind of just the, the movement of seasons, if that makes sense. We're, of course. Uh, this still feels like where we honestly are, like in terms of our writing and our mission and our art. So the Vigil Project, what I love about it is that, uh, is that it's not, it's not centered on a specific personality. So all that discussion about celebrity becomes a lot easier to to manage and to recognize because the vigil project is, is a mission oriented kind of organization. And so um, Vigil is a, it's a collective of artists. It's a collaborative group of of artists. It's, it's me and Lizzie and it's several others, some of them from right here in New Orleans. Uh, John Finch actually lives in uh, Pearl River. So he's he's local. And then a lot of our band is from here as well. Um, and the mission is to collaborate to make music for the church like that. That's simple. Um and one of the things that I think is really different about vigil versus other experiences of of Christian music specifically. Um, I don't know, we've we've kind of recognized as we started talking about this idea as a group, we were like, man, it's it's just weird that it feels like I have to leave the Catholic faith. I have to leave the Catholic church. And I don't mean like leave the church, like <laughs> I have to, to leave the con like the sort of the context of the Catholic church to find music that's like meaningful to me in a spiritual way in a prayer in terms of prayer. And, uh,
0: man, that's, that's a few exceptions, right? Matt, with Matt Samar, Samar, of, course, and Audra, of course, you know, there's, and others, But even there, I think Mysterium
1: like, records, like Matt's mission would be more of like, he's, he's sort of Catholic and going out. That's right. That makes sense. That's right. Yeah. Um, and so his circles widening from the, he's showing the world sort of, this is Catholic music, um, in a wider context. So it's almost like the, the more his audience grows, the, the less uh sort of catholic identity has not of course not personally um but but that's that's really neat that's really needed but i think vigils uh sort of part of our mission is to is to create music that's specific to the sacramental life specific to the liturgical life um that sort of makes sense in context of the liturgical calendar and so we want this to be catholic in identity we want someone to be able to you know to say like man it's it's, you know, Advent's coming up and, and I'm, I'm looking for a way to enter into prayer more deeply this season. So you can go to the vigilproject.com and you can find a season of music that's specific to the themes of Advent and, and then Christmas and then Lent and Easter and ordinary time is what we're working on now. So that's, yeah, that's the the longer season.
0: <laughs> that, that's a, that's a great hope and and purpose. I know that when I, um, was doing youth ministry years ago and I was in charge of the, the youth mass mm-hmm. and, and I would play songs. I had a hard time finding songs that would match the the liturgy of -hmm. of the moment. And and that's the gift of the church in terms of the the liturgical calendar is that it's not to force us to kind of, you know, in some like socialistic, everybody's gotta pray a certain way, but it's an invitation of the church to say that there's seasons in life and we're gonna let our communal worship reflect those various seasons. Mm -hmm. We're gonna have times where we're gonna focus on joy, have times where we're gonna focus on hope and expectation, times where we're gonna focus on the struggles and the cross of life, and times where we're just gonna focus on the ordinary kind of everyday experiences. And so the liturgy always has that Mm -hmm. circular um, kind of mode. And, And as you said, sometimes contemporary Christian music which has come pr- predominantly out of the Protestant churches, mm-hmm. the people who are who are cons- writing those songs, the artists in no fault of their own, just are not coming from a liturgical worldview, right. are not coming mm-hmm. from a liturgical lens of worship. And and so sometimes it, it, it can fit, and sometimes it can be hard to make it fit. Right. But it seems that what you guys wanna do is to make a very clear connection between the genre of contemporary Christian music and, and making it fit within a liturgical Great. form yeah. of
1: worship. yes, Is that right? Absolutely. Absolutely right. And yeah, and I think one of the things that we've kind of seen as we, I don't listen to a whole lot of Christian music, I'll be honest with you. And, okay. as, and as I've examined that, I think it's because it's, it's sort of like weighted way, way too much into this dimension of like just certain topics of faith. And then, so there's like, I feel like we kind of discuss in, in sort of contemporary Christian music, maybe like of 20 percent of the topics and the experiences of faith. And then there's like 80 percent of real life, of real faith journey that we just kind of were like, eh, that's not that's not something we want to talk about on the radio. Back to the back to the question of vulnerability and of honesty in art. And so um, because I mean, man, as you look at the Christian journey, as you look at your life journey, there's consolation, right? There's moments of of high praise and of energy and of excitement and of, you know, things that are emotively driven. And, but then there's also moments of desolation and of desert and of man, of feeling very little at all, you know, and of of hearing, of struggling to hear anything at all from God. Like this is all part of the Christian journey. This is all part of the Christian reality. And that's, I think one of the, in a sense, the, the beautiful mysteries of the liturgical life, the liturg- liturgical calendar and the sacramental life is like, this is all part of reality. This is all part of a journey. And so that's kind of one of our hopes is like, we don't want to just wait. Like, all right, these are all the topics that are nice to sing about when we come together as a group. Like, We want to actually write songs that are like, yes, consolation, praise. We also want to write songs that are desert and that are desolation and that are Because pain all that's part of that is, life, yeah. right? I mean,
0: that's all part of it. And look yeah. at the Psalms. You read the Psalms right. up uh-huh. and down. There's Do the, you have the whole breadth of it? And, and what you're saying, I think, is right, is that sometimes... Christian music can can only hit one segment one one uh color on the rainbow so to speak of of the whole spectrum of of color of experience mm-hmm. that yeah. that is part of life. Yeah. And the danger in that in my experience sometimes is that we can then feel guilty uh when we have a strand or or are on the spectrum that's a little bit different than what the music right. is articulating right. and I I should be happier right now mm-hmm. um or I should be more certain of of God's experience in my life right now. Mm-hmm. It, in And as I've gotten older and I've let go of some of those songs um, and some of that expectation, I realized that that just isn't, that just isn't the case, Mm -hmm. that life has more, more depth to it than, than I'll ever be able to, to experience. Absolutely. Well said. I'm taking another quick break from my interview with Greg Boudreaux. When the show is done, head on over to faithinmarriage.org for more great content on life, relationships, and culture. Going on the website, I see that there's four kind of objectives that the visual Project is trying to do: how to how to communicate this music through liturgy, Uh, the publication of music resources, both print and digital, live event events that encourage communal worship, and also the formation of musicians. As you guys are kind of getting started, what's getting some traction? Which of those Mm -hmm. you find is 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 kind of moving forward here?
1: Yeah, I think the biggest thing is just the creative projects, so to speak. You know, the 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 um we're just, our goal is just to give music away. Like that's what we want to do. And so, um, so we actually just started a, uh, a really big season of content where every Monday happens to be Monday today. Um, every Monday we're, we're giving music away, you know, and a new song, a new, and it's again, it's specific to like what we feel like is happening right now in the liturgical season that we're in, um, that kind of thing. So, um, so the creative project seems to be something that that's really blessing people and bearing a lot of fruit because it's just there and it's accessible. And also kind of in the creative projects that we're doing, there's, there's so man, there's so many good resources out there these days. It's, it's amazing. Um, so many good, you know, from different publishers and organizations that you can, you can get a program and you can kind of go through a, a catechetical video series or a booklet or something like that. And that stuff is, man, it's so good. It's, it's so valuable and it's so needed in the spiritual life. Um, I guess what we see though, is that like, as part of our mission is like, we want to infuse that with also the experience of all the things that are being catechized, if that makes sense. That's- um, so, you know, I feel like there's a, there's a, there's a lot of intellectual opportunities out there and we feel like we're, we're called to offer people a sort of sensory side of that or an experiential side of, of who God is as they learn more, you know, not necessarily even from us, but from all the other great resources that are out there. Um, and then I think the other thing right now is we we seasonally we go out and do live events, and so uh, we do Advent, Lent, and Easter. Um, again, back to the discernment of family. We 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 figured out that you know we want to have babies more than we want to just travel our life away. <laughs> so so we keep it seasonal. That's good Being try. honest, to your primary vocation <laughs> yeah. always always yeah. So we're uh, we we're, we keep it seasonal just so that we can kind of balance. You know, each of us have a normal life beyond just ministry and, and music and, uh, and then also you know, grow as people. But, but the, the live events seem to be something that's, uh, that's really been b- bearing a lot of fruit and blessing people as we go out, so. Yeah. Beautiful.
0: What advice then to that last pillar of, of formation of, of musicians, what advice would you give a, a young high schooler who's picking up the guitar for the first time yeah. and, and starting to uh-huh. put some, some words of praise to music? Yeah. What, what console? Yeah. What type of
1: advice would you give that person? I think the first one would be to just recognize that, like you, you, you're always a student in formation. You know, that's that's not just true for the artistic disciplines, but that that's how we feel. And so it's funny because you know, as you look at the site and you say, "musician formation," like part of that is that we are still being formed. <laughs> that's the biggest part, honestly. Right. Um, and so that's that's the biggest thing to me is is that. You know we should never lose that sense of of learning of of deepening our understanding of deep deepening our our you know um our experience of the mystery of god um and then beyond that is is uh, i mean this sounds really maybe simple but like practice like that's <laughs> that's, that's right on that's one of the things i think we we maybe have lost a little bit in in our modern understanding of things is you know, we can easily access so much information, YouTube videos on this and that and everything else, and then like we can instantly sort of be a, a an intellectual expert on anything, you know. But uh but or we to, think that we are an intellectual or, expert. Or we right? think yes.
0: <laughs> in some cases we in some cases we're not as well informed about the topic as we yeah. think we are.
1: <laughs> so we can instantly kinda of like download all this information yes. on how yes. to, how to, you know, but then to actually put it into practice, like that's something that I think um I think, think the modern artist becomes discouraged a lot of times because it doesn't happen instantly, you know. I've been really inspired by my father-in-law who just decides to pick. He, he basically, he's on a two-year cycle of learning new instruments. And he, he loves the process of learning how to play it. So he's in the saxophone right now. He's making everybody in the house really happy. Um, but he, he goes through this two-year thing where he's like, this is really exciting because in two years, I can't play this thing right now. But in two years, I'm going to practice every day and I'll be able to play this thing. And like, man, that, that changed me. Like I'm, I'm the kind of guy, like I always want the easy, <laughs> the easy way out. Right. And I was like, wow, like that's, that's an incredible perspective to, to enjoy the practice process, to enjoy the process of what practice does to you over a long period of time, instead of just being like, man, I wish I could do it today. So simple advice, but practice, practice right. your craft. Practice yeah. and, and be
0: patient and yeah. recognize that you're not where you're going to be. But if you stick to it, you're going to get there. Yeah. And so pushing through that discouragement, pushing through any of those insecurities we talked about earlier, recognizing that you're going to get better if you if you really kind of work at it. Absolutely. W- where's a good first place for people to kind of go onto the website? Um, is there any any or just even on I know you guys have music on iTunes. Mm-hmm. Is there any any song that kind of stands out that you think really kind of captures the mission of, of what you're trying to do or What's your, what's your hit single so far that you want to, yeah, you want to put well, out there to people?
1: <laughs> I don't know that we have any hits and not, to, not to downplay everything, <laughs> but um, yeah. So if you go, if you go to the website, the dot and you click on uh, the watch and pray tab, basically what you'll find there is, is all the music, all the content is organized into, into the liturgical seasons of the year. Um, so just check that out. I'd say that's the place to start. Just check that out. You know, what liturgical season are we in now that would probably be a good one to dive into um just because that's all there to experience that season more deeply so
0: phenomenal phenomenal the term vigil why'd you guys use that as yeah. as your as your as your theme as your word uh-huh.
1: because we knew when we started this that uh yeah, we knew that it was more than just one one song one record one season we we really did feel like this was God calling us to to uh extended period of time and and this the the word vigil you know we we hear the word vigil when we're talking about the mass on saturday now um but that word actually means to pray beyond the the boundaries to pray beyond the the time frames that are set up that we normally pray in um so vigil is actually about like watching and praying beyond the the normal season of life beyond the normal time frames we set up for for things. And so that's that's what we wanted to in, invite the church into. And honestly, it's not our invitation. This is this is the church's invitation. This is Jesus's invitation in the gospel. Like go to the gospel of John and the, you know the passion narrative like you see them in the garden of Gethsemane and Jesus says could well, you not watch and pray with me? Like he's inviting us to watch and pray always and in an ultimate way for for him, for his coming. And so that's that's our our goal. That's our our mission with the Vigil project is to is to kind of be a mouthpiece for for Jesus's invitation to, to watch and pray always. Uh, anything else you want to plug the, the biggest thing I'd like to invite people to is, is to subscribe to the, to the email list. Um, because in, in subscribing, it's not something that we're not, we're not going to be asking really much of anything of, of subscribers. We want that to be a medium for you to, to watch and pray. And so if you subscribe, you, you go to the website, you subscribe, and it writes to your inbox, you get the new song every week, you get a reflection, you get, um, as we enter into some of the higher seasons like Advent, Christmas, Lent and Easter, you know, we'll, we'll offer you more content in addition to the music just to, just to pray with. And so, um, yeah, it just provides you a really easy and rich option to, to enter into prayer.
0: Wonderful. Wonderful. And one final question that I'm, I'm asking uh, all my guests now is mm-hmm. Greg Boudreau, what gives you hope? Mm, what
1: gives me hope? Um, it gives me a lot of hope to see, uh, you know, we're, we're new parents and so this isn't, this isn't necessarily related to art in any way, but we're, we're new parents. Um, you know, Molly will be too soon, our our daughter, and we have one on the way, we'll be born two months from now. Um, what gives me hope is to see that like, man, despite like the circumstances that we talk about, despite, you know, what's on the news, despite what's, what surrounds us, you can actually raise a family you can actually raise a holy family like and 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 what happens in, in sort of our home and what comes out you know what what goes out from our home um yeah it can be different and it can be good and it can be covered in grace and so you know of course we've got a lifetime of challenges ahead and uh and so there's no downplaying that but I, i'm just being really built up in hope that like man this is good. And, and God's design of marriage and family is good despite the, the challenges. So I'm um, filled with hope on that right now. Amen. Amen. That's beautiful.
0: Well, Greg, thank you for, for joining me on the podcast. Uh, half of the Greg and Lizzie duo. Mm-hmm. Uh, we pray for Lizzie and, and hope that she's doing well and hope that you guys do well with the, the new baby on the way with, with little Molly and also with uh, just the Vigil Project and hope that, that mm-hmm. all of that continues to, to go well and that God may continue to bless you in your life.
1: All right, thanks Mario, I really appreciate being here.
0: Amen. I hope today's episode has given you permission to embrace your inner artist. I look forward to seeing the great art that you will produce. And if you have any questions that you would like to appear on a future episode of Always Hope, click on the Ask Dr. Mario link on our website, faithinmarriage.org backslash always hope. And without further ado, as I promised, here is the song Layla performed by Greg and Lizzie.